Hi, my name's Sean Shaler. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. And this week we have a very strange episode because of reasons that I will explain. Uh, you know what? Why not? I will explain them sh right away. Why not? So last week, like 10 minutes into the video or something like that, my audio just stopped working so that Chris could hear me on the call. Uh, but OBS, my recording software, was not picking it up. And uh, it just stopped and we did not notice and had no way of knowing until somebody called it out uh, when we posted the video to YouTube because I'm really lazy Shout and out to I, do, I do zero editing. Yeah, we owe him a lot of thanks for a lot of things. That was a big one. <laughs> so I apologize for the lack of video last week because we took it down, of course. And then the kicker Jeez, is I'm that... I'm docking your pay now, Sean. We, I am very upset. By the way, what is my pay? The... <laughs> <laughs> my attention <laughs> uh, I'm having my Chris attention time docked that hurts me a little bit he's probably going to say something mean about the community movie uh, just to get at me to get me back <laughs> but anyway we do so it's also worth noting that last week it had already been like three or four weeks since we watched these episodes and then now it has been an additional week and so we have decided that we're going to kind of short the peacekeepers just a little bit. We're going to give like the two minute review and then the scores that we did retain and all that information. It's been a very long time since we watched that episode. And then in our heads, we already reviewed it one time. So just a <laughs> And I didn't quick... love it enough to go in deep about it again. <laughs> I, I did not. It's funny, but not good enough. So just my apologies for a weird episode this week. As a direct result of, I'm gonna blame I'm gonna blame OBS. I don't know if it just flickered or something. I don't know how software works, um, but I'll take the heat for that one. And the doc and Chris attention time. If he if he just closes out of the call ten percent early, that's my doc in in pay. So I apologize. So, but we will cover the peacekeepers, which is episode five, just a little bit, real real high level, the two minute version in this episode, which is going to be mostly about the sting. Uh, Legend of Korra, Book Two Spirits, Chapter Six, because I actually remember to do the chapter of the book this week. Six, The Sting. But before we get to that, uh, Chris, how you doing? I'm uh, doing doing good. You know that that uh, Steamy's already about to hit my uh, bank account. Uh, not that it makes a big difference. I mean, it does make a big difference. Stimmy, about uh, yeah, it absolutely does. My mom, who <laughs> I was talking to my mom the other day. And uh, she was like, um, shoot, y'all should do good. Y'all got all them kids. And I'm like, whoa, you're not one to talk about saying who got all them kids because you have four of them. And technically, my dad has five. Not technically. Actually, he has five. So I don't have all them kids compared to you. Got fraction of is the phrase she's looking for. <laughs> fraction of them kids. I uh, have not doing good. Excellent. I was really just relieved to hear that it's going out. Uh, of course, we can all pick nits about like the way that we think and I'm out and the who or whatever. But uh, in general, I'm glad that it's going to get out there to a lot of people that it will make a, a huge difference to. Um, I bought a TV today. <laughs> Did you buy it from a local manufacturer, Chris? Um, no. Great. <laughs> You're completely misunderstanding back. the purpose. You're supposed to buy. Into, it 
and uh, went to Jeff Bezos' pocket or Mackenzie Bezos, whoever is uh, getting that money now. You are supposed <laughs> to go down to the guy down the street that builds TVs from scratch, and you're supposed mm. to give that guy your money. Embarrassing. Or is Radio his Shack. Name, is his name Sony? His name is... <laughs> if you can find a Radio Shack, I feel like buying a TV from Radio Shack would, would still count. I am, uh, I'm going to take the opportunity to pay somebody to do some home repairs because I hate home repairs and I'm bad at home repairs. And while normally my wife would insist that we try ourselves, in this case, it's like, wife, we got to stimulate the local economy. Got to hire these people. Uh, I mean, I'm doing a lot of work on my house. Uh, someone's coming to de- redo my bathroom in a month. And then I have someone come out to get a coat on a fence. Although I feel like it's going to cause more than I'm willing to pay for a new fence. Because I have a pretty big backyard. It's like half an acre. We gave up well, and we my, just did my, my like whole... the front fence panels. It was way more expensive than I thought a fence was going to be. Yeah, yeah. My wife... <laughs> I really don't really need. I want one. I just like having a privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and kids like not. Yeah. No, yeah. And the kids like, oh, if I, I feel like if I have a fence, I can just throw the kids out back and not worry about someone coming up and stealing them. Um, but yeah. yeah. Green. Uh, yeah, that's how we're going to stimulate the local economy is make other people do work that some grown-ups can do, but I cannot, quite frankly. I can't put in another fence. Like, I would, I would have to. Yeah, that's a... I would have to know infinitely more about fences than I do right now, which is how to climb over them. Uh, and that's my cap on fence knowledge. Uh, Chris, you got any videos coming out? In fact, I know that you had one come out recently. Uh, let's see. I had a WandaVision review come out. Um... I should be done with my script for black cartoon characters who aren't black. <laughs> um, that should be out hopefully before it has to be out this March because if not, then the random jokes I came up with, it doesn't work. <laughs> Very time sensitive. Um, yes. Uh, but I will be reviewing Zack Snyder's justice league, which comes out the, uh, the 18th. Which is almost why one of the reasons why I just bought a TV real quick. So I'm gonna, Zack Snyder is a, a true visionary, and his um, like even if someone don't like his movie, you should just be in awe of the artist, the artistry display because he's a he's a he makes beautiful looking films. As soon as you oh. said uh, Zack Snyder is is a visionary, I heard YouTube yelling at us already. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm happy to jump in that boat of they are a an aesthetic treat, an audiovisual as we would quantify it, an audiovisual treat, regardless of my feelings on the end product. So I would say good timing on the TV. Yeah. Um and that's next week, you think, for for that review? Uh, like yeah. Said, is it... yeah, yeah. I, I tend not to take too long with uh reviews. Does it drop next Thursday? Yes, drops on Thursday. It's a four-hour movie. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> well, they I say four-hour movie, but it's kind of like four parts. Um, it should be really interesting to see how different it is than the Justice League cut that we got because Zach says, like, when he's never seen it. The people who have seen it, like Christopher Nolan... I uh, was told him he was he was like don't watch it it'll break your heart because it's it's not it's not your vision or anything. Yeah. Josh Whedon came in and uh, did a bunch of reshoots and uh, he makes up probably half he he probably 
directed about ha- more than half the scenes in, in the theatrical cut. Um, and I mean, I like the theatrical cut. I'm not gonna lie, because I mean, I like those characters. But I'm looking forward to just seeing what Zack Snyder's vision was. Is although I feel like it's gonna still make me mad though, because it still will be an incomplete story. Because he had kind of a three. Uh, he had another mo- another movie in mind, but anyway, side forward. That's um, also my segue into saying that next week we will be posting our video on Thursday. And should be very exciting. So stay tuned if you're like a regular right away listener. I don't know if we have like regular right away listeners, but like Thursday at like two or three p.m., uh, we'll dump it out there onto the internet uh, to coincide with that. So stay tuned for that. Um, Chris, I had to I had to hijack our podcast just for a minute because a I did make a video that it's not posted to my channel. It's for the third party that I do some stuff for sometimes, uh, but I do put it on a playlist on my channel. Would love it if you went and watched that and gave me some feedback. It is about cheap Switch games because I am a tight ass, uh, but I also own a Nintendo Switch, and those things don't always get along very well. And two, I wish I could reach my camera because this week I... You know, I hate doing handyman stuff, but right here, right off screen, you can probably hear that. That's the sound of a of a Neo Geo MVS arcade cabinet. It's a... Uh, it's about six and a half feet tall and about three feet wide and I don't know, three, three and a half feet deep. And it needs work. It does work. It functions technically, but it's a giant arcade cabinet that somebody gave me under the condition that I tried to fix it. I did not have to pay money for it. It's a very nice gesture. Uh, the condition is that I had to try to fix it and I have some electrical know-how, so I have faith. But if in the coming weeks, if I'm going bald or gray, or look like I hate everything. It's probably just due to this guy right over here. But uh, very excited to have that. It's oddly, weirdly big news for me because it's just a free thing that most people would be like, I don't want that in my house. This guy has long wanted one in his house, and they are expensive. So I'm going to take a chance. If anybody out there knows anything about Neo Geo MVS, it's a common arcade cabinet, so that sounds crazy, but it's a fairly common arcade cabinet. Please, Lord, send help to me immediately. Send send whatever arcade vibes uh, you've got. I would appreciate it. Uh, Chris, other thoughts before we jump into the two-minute version of the Peacekeepers episode? Uh, Notes news. Nope. Fake news. We don't plan our news ahead. We just kind of whatever we see on Twitter in the minutes before the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, no groundbreaking news this week. Maybe that's a good thing. We could use a week without that. Um... Okay, well, let's go to just, again, real high-level peacekeepers. Just going to get through it mostly to get to our ratings, to have those on, on record. Chris, I'll let you take it from here if that's all right. Uh, okay, so what happened in that episode? Of course, takes the side of the uh, Southern Water Tribe. Someone in the Northern Water Tribe says, get a real job when she's at a peaceful march, which I'll, I found funny last time. And it was really um, awkwardly voice acted. <laughs> Um, she tries to get the military to help her, the military of Republic City, and she goes behind the president's back. Her and Mako have a fight. Uh, then they break up. Korra destroys the whole place. Well, not the whole place. Uh, destroys this table and everything. And Lin says, what the flame is happening in here? And then Mako says, I broke up with Korra. And then 
Lynn says, you got off easy. You should have seen Air Temple Island when Tencent broke up with me, which I found that funny. Uh, we did have a viewer um, who's a very constant viewer, Caitlin, um, said she didn't like that scene because she feels like, like the powerful women in in the show, at least this is what I'm surmising from her, um, and she, this is all respectfully said, she's always respectful, um, kind of come off as too pushy, and it's not a good look, I guess. Um, <laughs> but... But uh, I'm that, cool. Uh, oh, and also one of her points was like, if someone did that to to her, if someone like, or not to her, if someone did that in real life, like pushed over a table and stuff, like that's way too far. Which I agree. I think in real life is too far. But I think the um, the world in Avatar that's not too far, right? Like things are more exaggerated. Like that's not that big of a deal to <laughs> when when you can throw. A ten-ton rock, five hundred yards away, um, in the Avatar State, thrown over table is like proportionately. It's very small (laughs) in in ratio. Um, Uh, I I kind of get what she's saying, though. We're talking about like uh, very, very powerful, uh, mentally and physically strong women. It's like you just go find somebody else. You don't have to get upset. (laughs) You're gonna be fine. You got all of the choices in the world. But I get it. It's fine. That's a great yeah. point. Good call. Uh, and then Korra has to fight Eska and Desna, which is a really great fight. I uh, really enjoyed that. Really showed Korra's uh, ability and everything. And I think it was greatly animated. And then Korra fights Dark Spirit, and that Dark Spirit attacks her. And that's how the episode ends. I oh, think, and then I we think didn't Eska talk about Desna. Do they get back home and tell their dad that that they think she's dead? Do they get back home in this episode? Uh, they do that in this next episode. Next, okay, my bad. Yes. Uh, there is a B-plot we didn't talk about last time, and that was uh, Milo teaching the the uh, the flying lemurs not fly, yeah, uh, the... how to, uh, just training him. That was a pretty weak B-plot, but it was there. It's a surprisingly funny episode. You've got the B plot there. You've got the C plot or B two plot with uh, Bolin and the Movers. Oh yeah, um, which provides another one. It was my favorite line. Is um, he's like, "Wow, usually I'm just usually I spend every day getting hit in the head with rocks or something like, or I usually just get hit in the head with a rock." And then Varric is like, "Being famous, it's like getting hit in the head with rocks every day." And I don't know why, but I really like that line. So it's like an oddly humorous episode, but in short. Uh, you you take out the humor parts, and what you're left with is a kind of cool fight. Uh, uh, not a kind of cool, a pretty cool fight, even if it's short lived in the middle of the ocean. And then a lot of like I don't know, kind of dramatic tension building that doesn't go a whole long ways. So, uh, excellent overview. Final thoughts. Otherwise, we'll just jump into our ratings for this one. Yeah, it's okay. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so ratings. Eight on the audiovisual. I, I really love the in-fight there with Korra versus Eska and Desna. And uh, there was a couple of explosions I thought was really good. Story-wise, the seven thought it was one of those stories that were needed um, to move the plot along, but it wasn't I'm not that impactful. And then Memorable gave it a six and a half. Uh, it, was, uh, it was okay. Comes out to and 7. 7.3. That seems respectable, I suppose, or makes sense at least. Audio visual, I did eight and a half. Uh, same rationale. Cool fight. Couple of cool city city shots. Nothing crazy. 
uh, story itself, like it's really just a lot of uh, like almost like a lot of red herrings until the end. A lot of red herrings until the end. Um, doesn't feel like it gets anywhere memorable. I gave it pretty high. That's just kind of where I lumped it for those kind of small comedic moments that you could stuff similar moments into any episode and they'd be uh, equally as enjoyable. But they're here, so eight point five, and that gave it eight point one, which together seven point seven. That's it's lower than middle of the road, respective to you know Avatar episodes in general. But in a in a as I'm watching it kind of way, it just feels like a middle of the road episode, I guess. That's Peacekeepers. Sorry, I'm uh, sorry I messed up and or software messed up. If I find out that OBS messed up, oh, I'm gonna get so upset at those free software <laughs> developers doing all this hard work out of the goodness of their hearts. You monsters. In your software. Just kidding. OBS people, you're great. That's our recap of Peacekeepers. That being said, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the sting with a full regular review. Although, right, Chris, for what it's worth, I, it's been like four weeks since I've watched these, like since before we did our two news <laughs> week segments. So it's been a long time. Uh, I watched this thing earlier today. Excellent. Uh, I should so have. Um, let's see. So Future Industries, which is the company that that uh, Asami runs is in a bind and uh, she you know she has to do everything to try and get this company back on uh, let's see here what else <laughs> um, Mako is still trying to kind of investigate who blew up the cultural center of the Southern Water Tribe. Everyone just assumes it was Northern Water Tribe because they're currently in the middle of a civil war. Um, but he, his hunch is that it's, it's something else. Um, and then they have to like lay some plans to try and catch these people. So then Mako has to um, work with some of the triple triads and uh, I do like Tuto Ping. <laughs> yeah. He's like very heavy-handed mob crony. Yes, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> in a good, in a good way, it comes off the right way, I think. Yeah, um, <laughs> he shows them his, his his toes. He has sits toes on each foot. He's like, and and like it cuts. Thing is that the episode cuts to not the episode. The scene cuts to just kind of him showing his his toes, and uh, he's like, and "That's why they call him Two Toe Ping." And then, and I think Michael's like, "So they call you Two Toe Ping because you have twelve toes?" Yeah. Well, twelve toe was already taken by someone in his other game. <laughs> so it goes by two The thing is, as a viewer in your head, you're like. Well, why doesn't he go by twelve toe thing? And then he explains it, and they're like, "Okay, that's." I'm glad they went out of their way to explain why he's called two toe thing. I'm just glad they they felt the need to point out that that guy was so well aware <laughs> in the world of organized crime that he knew yeah. the other twelve toe thing. This reminds me of uh, this. It shouldn't remind me of it, but uh, there's a show called Warrior. It's a show about Really interesting show. And um, it's a show about... It's a karate show, martial arts show. It's about United... Like, Southern California, uh, San Francisco, 
in like 1870, somewhere around there, um, about how like, there's all these um, Chinese gangs and everything, but like they're warring on each other. And I'm not sure if that's accurate. This story is based off of stories by Bruce Lee that he came up with. So I don't, I'm sure there was Chinese gangs. I don't know if they were exactly called these people and these different gangs and stuff. I uh, keep thinking you're going to say something that's going to trigger in my head. Like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. So far it has not happened. It has some. Okay. If, if you, if you're a lover of Avatar, you will probably like Warrior. Well, okay. I wouldn't say that. Is it but a movie if you're lover, or TV series? It's a TV show. They have okay. two, two seasons. Uh, if you're a lover of Avatar because of the martial arts and everything, you will love Warrior. Like the martial arts is so good in it. Um, <laughs> it sometimes I feel like not racist, <laughs> but anytime I watch anything with like a, a lot of Asians in it, like you know, huge uh, Asian cast, I'm always like casting them in my head for Avatar, <laughs> which is. Uh yeah, I wouldn't call it racist. Uh, which is funny enough, one Maybe of the characters it's more in it thoughtful is, than racist. Yeah. Uh, which one of the characters in it actually? My fan cast for Legend of Korra cast him as um, Zaheer, and his uh, and his his performance in this reaffirms that. Which I never saw Warrior before. In fact, I don't even mention Warrior when I mention when I'm talking about him. His name is Joe Taslim. Um, he's he's a great. He'll be Sub Zero in. In uh, the Mortal Kombat movie, no, which don't, I'm looking forward to. Don't talk to. about that movie. Uh, it looks good, Sean. It looks great. I am so looking forward to that movie. I have, I have zero faith in any movies based on video games ever in the history of ever at this point. And Usually, I... Go ahead. To the, well, to those people who argue that the original Mortal Kombat movie is like the best video game movie in history. Who, you, like, who does that? Uh, the original one. It, no, that's who's, how... who still who still does who does that movie is not that great. It's not. That's my point. Is they can be right. It is probably the best video game based movie in history, uh, unless there's there's probably recent ones that I'm not thinking of, and it's still garbage. And I don't like it. And I'm really sorry, Mortal Sonic Kombat. Sonic the Hedgehog. That's it. Sonic. Yeah. Okay. I did recent one watch Sonic, and I liked it well enough. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again, but it was fine. I saw the appeal. It was better than Mortal Kombat. Yes. Yeah. That's a very low <laughs> bar. And Sean, uh, this looks I'm so excited for Mortal Kombat. Like I watched that trailer at least five times. I will, and I wasn't I and I was not decided for it before that at all. I was just like, oh they're making a Mortal Kombat movie, whatever. I will watch it because I can't help myself. Because it's on because it's free. And because <laughs> it's free. Free for me. Uh, thanks, by the way. <laughs> and I will I will say the same. I, I will also watch Space Jam 2 with the same feelings of regret and shame. <laughs> but whatever it is. Honestly, Space Jam 2, I guarantee it will be better than Space Jam 1 because LeBron James is actually, even before he was on the Lakers, because I'm a Lakers fan, because I used to not like LeBron because I mean, he just... Just didn't like him because you know his 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 uh, presence in the NBA threatened Kobe's essentially. Um, but even before that, I always have said that LeBron James is a fairly good comedic like actor. Like he's great in the movie with Bill Hader. 
called. Oh, I forgot what it's called. Um, but he's great in that. He's he's a he's a solid actor. I think he's a much better actor than Michael Jordan. And so Everybody's I think he's a better a, actor than Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael, so I think Jordan looking... Michael Jordan is to actors what video game movies are to cinema. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm not really looking forward to Space Jam, but I'm the original Space Jam is a terrible movie. It's a fever dream of a movie, but it is my favorite movie <laughs> of all time. It is it is a bad movie. I would never defend it. I would never watch anybody outside of that era who didn't care about either of those things to watch it. it is my favorite movie. I can quote the entire thing front to back. Wayne Knight is my favorite character in that movie. Uh uh the the i can't think of his name uh stan <laughs> i can't think of his name yeah, in his yeah, other yeah, movies yeah. uh like like seinfeld and stuff yeah um I and i love it and i i would say that there's a good chance this that this upcoming movie will be a better movie but i'm just in a state where i'm t- i'm thinking about this old movie that's 100 nostalgia percent yeah. nostalgia that i have for it so um, Did you send me this clip of these of these two twins doing stand up about Space Jam? So I mean, essentially, they're like that. Sounds like something I would do, but I don't recall <laughs> it. But it sounds exactly like something I would so, do. Yeah. Um, so they're like, "Man, Space Jam, crazy, crazy, man. How do you, how do you think that pitch went? Like, how do you think Mike pitched it to like Charles Barkley? Is it the two guys from Twenty One Jump Street? Yeah." Yeah, I did send you that. Okay. I love So then they're like, for those that don't, they're like, all right, I'm going to be playing Michael Jordan. He's going to be playing Charles Barkley. Hey, 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 Charles, this is Mike. Oh, hey, Mike, man, what's up? Yo, I want to do this movie where we play basketball. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, so you're going to be on a team, and I'm going to be on another team. All right, who's on my team? Yeah, on your team is... Patrick Ewing, uh, Muggsy Bone, so and so and so and so. He's like, oh yeah, that's a good team. Who's gonna be on your team, Mike? Uh, Bugs Bunny. And <laughs> Charles Parker was like, what the is this, man? What? <laughs> Mike, no, nah, Mike, I'm not, I'm not doing that. All right, wait, Mike. Hey, Shaq is on the line. Hey, Shaq. Hey, man. I'm doing a movie. Two words. Rapping genie. <laughs> All right. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Fill me in for Space Jam. I'll do Space Jam. <laughs> Rapping genie. <laughs> I will say that even if you hate the rest of the movie, the scene with the, uh, with the basketball Jones playing in the background where they all go to the doctor's office and psychiatrist and stuff in the original Space Jam... It's probably one of my most memorable scenes of any movie in history. I love that scene. I love Chris Rock and Barry White and Basketball Jones. I love everything about that scene. It's stupid and it's pointless anywhere outside of that extremely tiny niche of people that care about Space Jam 1. Uh, But damn it, I'm in that niche. Long story short, I'm sure that I will not like Space Jam 2 because it's just a different mindset, different time. But I will watch it. I'll watch Mortal Kombat. (laughs) With Joe Taslam, who's in this show Warrior, which is about Chinese games. Yeah, that's which remind me of <laughs> <laughs> the games in, in Legend Core. Uh, okay. Uh, so uh Tuto Ping and the Triple Tribes was actually there to stall Mako and Asami mm-hmm. so that someone can rob her warehouse, and they do. 
Uh, and then, oh, so one thing I hate about this episode is that, so Mako was like really trying to solve, really trying to help Asami out and solve who's behind these things. Goes to Bolin for help. Bolin is like, nah, I don't have time. Or I don't want to. Like, I'm an actor now. Like, he's so uppity. It like, is, this is your brother. consistent with his character at this time. Like, Bolin as a character is really... I... Really, I can't uh, agree with that. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Like, really temperamentally not always predictable. I don't, I don't have any issue with him, like, suddenly getting a, a big head. I don't know. I'm fine with the big head, but this is your brother who who pretty much raised you, right? When your parents are like, like, you, if he needs your help, and like, he's it's not like this, it's not like he's like, Oh, hey, come spend some time with me, let's hang out. And Bolin's like, No, I don't want to hang out with you. He's like, Hey, I'm trying to investigate this whole bombing explosion thing and I could use some muscle here. Like, I need your help. And then he's like, nah, no thanks. He's trying to be the face of a rebellion, Chris. The yeah. very superficial face. He's uh, he's too busy working on the movers, which also is annoying that he can't tell the difference between acting and that part's, and, that and real part's life. a little stupid, yeah. His, his yeah. wannabe girlfriend that he like. That, that part's a little dumb. Or at least, at the bare minimum, it drags on way too long in terms mm. of it should have been, like, one quick, small joke, and then him just yeah. being like, oh, crap. Yeah, yes. No, he kept going with it. Kept yeah. going with the, oh, but you, like, uh, but I forgot her name. Yeah. Um, oh, but you like Nuttuck, and I'm Nuttuck. And she's like, no, you're not Nuttuck. Talk, but yeah, he just kept going with it. It, it. Right, it should have been over there. I'll give you that. That part is uh, really stupid. So it's a terrible bowling episode. It is. Um, so, but Mako. Uh, oh, afterwards, after they, oh, um, after they steal all of Asami's stuff, her and Mako share a, a kiss, which Mako's broken up. Asami knows they were on Mako's a break. Up. Yeah, they were on a more than a break. Friends reference number two in this episode. Um, and, Wait, uh, no, that was before we started recording. My bad, audience. Yeah, that's, bad. that's what it was. Uh, so yeah, they don't, they don't. I have nothing against them kissing. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's all, it's all kosher. Um, for the record, that demonstrates the conversations that we have also off the podcast are just also strings of tangents. That's really all they ever. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> No, no issues there at all. In fact, uh, as far as romantic drama goes, which I typically avoid, this is kind of a tamer one that I can sort of palette. Um, hmm. No issues. No. Um, let's see. So then Mako then goes and visits Bolin on the set, and he comes in contact with this guy who's like in charge of the pyrotechnics. Which really, never, I, I did laugh at the scene where Bolin is like, Oh yeah, I'm about to do my big scene, the pyrotechnics. It's uh, you know, with explosions and stuff. Well, we like to call it pyrotechnics in the biz. And then the guy's like, All right, get ready to film the explosions. And he's like, Or we call it explosions. <laughs> um So then Mako's like, he sees how the explosions are going off and it's triggering him to think like, oh well, this is the this is the uh, exactly how it had happened yeah, exactly. on the exactly. on the ship or whatever. So then he goes and talks to the pyrotechnics guy, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's a very technologies thing." Um, 
that they you know invented and then that pretty much puts two and two together and he goes to sami to uh to uh to tell her who it is and then varic is there varic buys a controlling stake in future industries and uh pretty much at this point it's confirmed that varic is one behind all of this which it's it's a twist I didn't see coming, but it's also it's a twist that felt insignificant to me. Like I needed to. I needed it's just not more. important enough to our 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 a plot of the series or of the season. Yes, exactly. He is he is completely the b plot of a of a season, which I feel like seasons usually don't have b plots. Big, well, b plot twists like. Or that maybe, I would maybe say they do usually because a, B, a big twist like this isn't for a B plot. Yeah. Um, I don't. I I I remember being very surprised, and everybody knows I like Merrick, and I remember being very surprised at the time. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, when you know when he finds out it's Merrick, is legitimately upset. I kind of wish they had played it different, like Merrick trying to play it cool when or trying to I don't, snide or or cunning or whatever when. Mako gets in the room. Oh uh, yeah, there's like he's just got like a weird facial expression. Like Beric's not evil; he's just an evil businessman. That's a different kind of evil. <laughs> but it's also a situation that makes me mad. Of there's certain times in TV and movies where I'm like, if you would just do things a little bit different right here. And my example is like right here. Mm-hmm. Just because Beric was in there, I wouldn't not tell Asami. I know how to fire bend. I would just be like, Hey, Asami. That guy's stealing your shit and blowing up your boats and stuff. And if he moves because there's nobody else in this room, I'm gonna firebend him. <laughs> and that's exactly how that would have gone down. But I held up the detonator, just like instant. Very does like, seem like the type of person that will uh, squeal <laughs> if if given. <laughs> like if Mako just threatened to with him with some fire, he probably would squeal and admit You've got your instant proof like in your hands, so Asami's gonna believe you. There's no reason for her to not believe you. It's, like it's, it's one of those where it's like, I would definitely do it differently. I'll walk in there and even when I saw him, I'd be like, oh, hey, very good timing. <laughs> nice to see you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're just the guy I was looking for, literally. Yeah, so that that whole sequence, I I I don't want to say I didn't like it, like it was fine, and I didn't mind the twist or but I, I mean, one of those sequences maybe, that I'm like, I definitely would have handled that differently. I could, I could see him maybe wanting to play cool because Asami is really happy that her company is saved now, so that busting Varric now would put Asami's company in. in but she's gonna get money jeopardy. out of Varric with, you know, they have tangible proof that uh, like she's gonna yeah, get money true. out of him anyway. Maybe not. To the extent that a part like that a partnership, but I I don't know I I don't know how good the justice system is in the world of Avatar at delivering financial returns. I have no idea, uh, but um, I don't I don't know how to fit this twist that I don't like. It's not that I don't like that Varric is a bad person. I actually like it because it it helps out his growth in later seasons, mm-hmm. <laughs> which which is comedic and everything. I love this. Oh man! Those... Is it fair to say that it's kind of a microcosm of maybe why this season isn't great? Is that like this particular part, for example, gets blown up maybe a little bigger than it deserves, or that it has to carry the weight of a couple episodes when it's really just a, a B plot that's not 
super integral to the end result? Like, sort of. I, a... I think I was, I was thinking about this. I think also one of the issues with this season. I think there's. Uh, this is not my favorite season. Which is, <laughs> um, I think clearly. I would be hard pressed to find somebody who really enjoyed this season more than uh, just my daughter. About any other one. Guess. That's I. I'm not going to discredit your daughter's opinion. That's too cute. Um, but the thing is, she likes. She really likes a couple of the episodes that are really good. Like she's not going to be like, "Oh, I really want to watch The Sting and Peacekeeper." She, she usually, those aren't her favorite episodes. Um, totally. One fair. of the issues, I think, with the season is that there's not a. It jumps around. It's not a constant narrative. It never. It. It takes. It, it's not steady. I guess. Right, because you start off in the North Pole. I'm sorry, you start off in the South Pole, and then you go to Republic City, and then you get a flashback, and then you go back to the South Pole. Um, we don't and have also, a Cora, nice crisp arc like we do in basically every other season of this universe. Yeah, and Cora, the main character, really the only character that's that's given, I think, some great character development um at least up to this point uh especially this season i think this season a lot of characters relationships regressed um so the main character is only is is not in she's not in this episode except for the end but she doesn't even know herself um and then there's another episode coming up that she's not really in either and then the there's two of the next episodes which are great episodes uh, but nonetheless she's not in it so the main character, who the whole series is really about, who's the main focus on, she's not in four of the 12 episodes. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's not in a third of episodes. So it just kind of hurts the consistency of the season. And like, just we're so... The, one of the many reasons that we like Avatar as much as we do, uh, especially like the first show, we're talking about a big, crisp story arc start to finish uh maybe this season just doesn't resemble that strongly enough um even at this point like i know what happens at the end vaguely uh you know i know the the end game but i don't remember the steps in between here and there um no and i think that's kind of telling but uh yeah so it ends with uh core waking up on probably Roku's, well, no, Roku's Crescent Island's been destroyed on some island, just the Fire Sages Island. They don't really say what island it is. Um, and then she doesn't remember her name or anything. That's how the episode ends. Um, and that is the sting. And let's get to some ratings. All right. Audiovisual assists. There wasn't really anything here for me. Like, I don't. Yeah, I can't even think of anything. Um, wait a minute. Did I give audio visuals? I thought I gave audio visuals seven. I meant didn't. Let me check my phone real quick. Or something. I you think. give it what you what you want to give it, and I'll correct my ratings in, in okay. hindsight. Uh, 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 gosh darn it. Um, <laughs> okay, in my defense, <laughs> you send your ratings out of order. I'm blaming you for this one. Um, I go story out of visual, then memorable. You do, you do that all the time, which is yeah. fine. I don't even know why I do it the way that I do it. That's good. 
Um, uh, so I audio-visual no 7. Order. Okay, my bad. So, yeah, audio-visual 7. You just ignore what you see yeah. up there, humans. Oh, you know what was a really good scene, audio-visual-wise, was Korra waking up? It's a beautiful scene for some reason. Like, oh, there's, like, an, uh, a good sense of, like, lens flare and stuff. Very it's small very, moment. But... Very unexpected, too. Yeah. What, why do I go in the order? I could go alphabetical. That would make sense. I could lead with the most important one that we both give the highest weight to. That would make sense. But the order that I have it in makes no sense at all. I will give you that. Oh, no idea. Uh, I gave audiovisual a seven. Story. I gave story a six. Yes, you did. Because, <laughs> because I do not like the story. I feel like characters regress. This is unlike the previous episode where I felt like even though I didn't love the story, I felt like the story was necessary as a as a um, as a segue, and it was needed. This one, I don't feel was needed much as much. So it got a sits. Memorable, a sits and a half. Uh, there was a couple little funny things here and there, and then um, uh, there was something else with. Uh, Anyway, I don't remember, apparently. It wasn't that memorable. But six and a half. So give it out to a 6.7. Uh, sorry, I messed up your ratings. Now I'm starting to think back and wonder how many times I've done that that we just haven't noticed because they're, like, real close. <laughs> Look back at all these episodes. <laughs> I've been mixing it up the whole time. Uh, audiovisual. It's fine. Fine with the audiovisual. It's, like, pretty standard pair. I liked being on the boat for the Sting mission itself. I thought that was kind of fun. Oh, Still, yeah, that's, yeah. The story, actually, like, the, in kind of our... I don't want to say argument, but something we come across like uh, quite a bit is that this story, like by itself, is an okay story, right? We get the sting from beginning to end. You get to see the culprit at the end. It's like a little serial episode story that you could you could slap it anywhere. It's not really that integral to the larger story. But I like what's here well enough. Um, memorable. If I could take it back, I'd probably dunk it down a little bit further on the memorable scale. Uh, but in general, I, there's something about uh, about what's going on here that does stick in my mind. Like when I saw the sting, I knew what episode I was about to watch. And that doesn't happen very often for me. I don't usually remember that kind of stuff. Um, remembered the big twist at the end, maybe because of Eric. So I don't know. Little things stuck out to this one about me. There's certain things that you brought up that I don't know if I realized how much I did not like. And I probably would have docked it off the story or the memorable little bit, but. It is what it is. Uh, so 7.1. Actually, if you flip your two scores around, you could probably dock that probably another so. tenth or two, give or take. Yeah. A couple tenths, maybe. I uh, wonder, are these the worst back-to-back episodes that we've reviewed in all of Avatar? They're pretty rough, because what was the last one? 7.7 <laughs> seven, seven, uh, and then 7.1? Yeah. That's an interesting question that I would like to visit when we're done. Give me a reminder when we're done recording tonight. I'd like to look okay. at a curiosity sink. And at least I think this one probably be, if we flip yours around, I think it's going to be a seven or a 6.9, give or take. Quick math. So that is the the real quick version of The Peacekeepers, which is book two, Spirits, chapter five. And then the full version, uh, to whatever extent it deserves, of The Sting, that's book six. I will say that I like this less, like, after talking with you than I did. Like, And that's fine, right? It's just, I don't yeah. know, learning or... or realizing things I didn't pick up on or what have you. Um, I definitely don't like, I like it less now after having discussed it with you at some length. Um, but as I was watching it, like I said, I 
generally enjoyed things, but I think there's a good amount of bias too. I do like Varric. I think Varric's a weirdly entertaining character, so that twist probably means more to me than it deserves to. Um, you can tangibly maybe skip it. I don't think I would go as far as to say that you should, but you probably could, and you wouldn't really... Maybe a couple episodes later when Varric apologizes for his crimes, and you'd be like, oh yeah, but this is what happened. <laughs> you just put two and two together and skip the whole episode. I can see that. Final thoughts on either episode, Chris? Either or. I am very excited to skip these and then move on to the next two, which, uh, which I get, wait, are we going to record them together? Because it's a part one and part two. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Uh, keep in mind, so I haven't watched them yet, and I don't remember anything, so I'll trust your judgment. You tell me. Uh, we they are part together. one and part two, and they are the the most, <laughs> like, out of all the part okay, one right. and part twos, two-part episodes, these two go hand in hand together. Okay. You can't detach them. So one episode, one rating probably for us. Yeah. But not next week. Next week we got something uh, very exciting, I think, going on, and it'll drop a little earlier drop it on like Thursday afternoon in U.S. Central Time. So check that out next Thursday. We're very excited to bring that to you. In the meantime, uh, my name's Sean Shaler. That's my my name's Chris. You know, yeah, you can, you can carry your own introductory <laughs> weight. That's no, fine. fine. <laughs> uh, we have an Instagram that we don't really pay attention to, a Facebook page that we do pay attention to. It's facebook.com slash Avatar The Last Podcasters, and a Twitter feed that we pay attention to, and that is at last underscore podcasters. This has been Avatar The Last Podcasters' review of Peacekeepers and The Sting, which is Legend of Korra, Book 2, Spirits, Chapters 5 and 6. Thank you very much for watching and listening to us go on a tangent about mediocre movies. We will see you next time. <laughs>